Hello everyone, how are y'all doing? Well, thanks for your patience. I can say right now that it was the right decision for me to take the break that I needed because I really didn't want to do this recap while sounding like I'm half asleep, I'm dialing, I'm boning it in, all of that. I didn't want to go that route and I also felt, okay, the series, not series, but the season um, ended, so I kind of have a little bit of time to do my recap. It wasn't clearly, it's not obviously the most time-sensitive episode that I could record. So thank you so, so much for your patience. Um, I did do as I said that I would. I rewatched two, um, recaps and then I... Um, skimmed through the episode again to just get my notes together and I'm ready to go. Um, before I get into the episode, I spent what, at least five episodes where I was promising to tell you guys about a procedure that I'm having. And I kind of explained a little bit in the last episode or two episodes ago that I'm kind of, um, rescinding that, promise. I hope I'm saying that word right. Um, because basically I follow an influencer and she had a miscarriage maybe six months ago. And she was, um, she did a story and she, an Instagram story. And she said how people are DMing her making fun of her for having a miscarriage. And so when I saw her story, it served as a reminder to me that sometimes you're just trying to share and be helpful. And the little crumbs that you give people, that's what they attack. And I just wanted to be willfully ignorant in a way and just believe that certain things are off limits right? If somebody goes through a miscarriage and they record an episode where they're crying about it, maybe you shouldn't DM them and make fun of them and insult them for that. So when I saw her story, I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> now I didn't have a miscarriage and my procedure obviously has nothing to do with what she went through, but it just showed me like, you have to be extra cautious and hyper vigilant about what you share sometimes because miserable people will find a way. They just will. They will make a way where there is no way to be nasty. And, um, so that's what I have to say about that. I am leaving for vacation in less than two weeks. I am so excited. I deserve this so much. I'm having a second trip in October. Um, but anyways, that's what's going on with that stuff. And outside of that, I'm actually feeling really bad because I ended things with the person that I was dating and... I think it's easy to forget, like, how you can forget in some ways how easy it is 
in many regards to dump someone and you forget how painful it is for the other person and you forget how sad or how hurt it's going to make you and I'm not feeling good about hurting this person at all and um I just I didn't really think about the after effects of maybe this person won't want to stay friends maybe this person won't want to talk to me maybe I can't you know be there for this person while they navigate their um healing process and I just wasn't I just didn't no, I would feel so bad. I didn't know he would say so many heartbreaking things. And so it just makes me feel horrible. I'm like, this really, really sucks. Um, anyways, so moving right along, I am going to be doing an episode about Beyonce's Renaissance because how could I not? Okay. Um, so... I plan to record that episode after this one and release it next week because, um, as I said, I don't see myself updating the podcast until season three of P-Valley, but with an asterisk, right? So basically my asterisk is, I think that I can update this podcast somewhat regularly if I choose to do something like talk about Beyonce's Renaissance or just talk about a story like I've done in the past where I've covered, where I've talked about Britney Spears and um, Will Smith and Chris Rock. I think if I'm, you know, covering a topical time, well, topical in the time sense, I was saying, but if I'm covering um, something that doesn't require me to watch a show, rewatch a show, take notes, listen to multiple podcast episodes, watch multiple videos. Like I think that that's something that I can somewhat keep up versus all that's involved when I recap a show. So I will be doing a Beyonce Renaissance episode. And I think again, as a reminder, when I feel compelled to get on the mic, I will. And so I think I'm going to keep that going. And as far as season three of P-Valley, when I find out that there is a season three, I will let you guys know. I will um, definitely put it on social media, if not record an episode. I have no idea what's going on, but I feel that I have made peace with whatever outcome may be. Um... I just, my random guess is that there are, that P-Valley is in negotiations as far as a pay increase, or sorry, a salary increase for its cast. Um, that would be a good reason for there to be a holdup. Another reason that some people have said or guessed about is, you know, there's a lawsuit going on. Um, I feel that the lawsuit is baseless. Someone saying that they came up with P-Valley um, first, but the time, the timeline doesn't really sync up, up to give their lawsuit any, any credibility. Um, and I feel that shows have been sued before and they've kept putting out the show. So I'm, I'm not sold on that being um, a reason as to why there hasn't been a renewal for season three announced yet. So, um, 
I think that maybe there's some contract negotiations and or maybe P-Valley will move to another network. I don't believe that or I believe that if it's not if P-Valley season three does not come out on stars, I think the show has been incredibly successful enough to be able to move to another network um, if, you know, they're not tied up, if the contract doesn't tie them to stars. But I don't know what's going on with the show, but this podcast, it exists and it will continue to exist. As I said, I will talk about um, whatever I want to get on the mic about. So stay subscribed, stay MFing tuned. Um, So when it comes to P-Valley, I am a fan. I am not a stan because what stans do is they refuse to recognize any faults in who they stand for and what they stand for. It is a very sick, twisted culture, right? And and a big part of, of being a stan or stanhood and fandom is you attack anybody who opposes your view of the person that you support. And it's ugly and it's pathetic and it's gross. I stand um, multiple artists and projects and all that, but I don't I don't stand many people to the point of not wanting to um, acknowledge their shortcomings. I mean, I, I definitely won't bring them up. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm, I go hard as a stand for a lot of people, but when it comes to be valued, I think it's only fair, especially if I have a podcast named after the show, for me to voice my opinion, whether that's a positive one or a negative one. So, I mean, what I am personally struggling with and what I found to be very disappointing is I can't figure out, or one of the things, I can't figure out what's going on with Maine and Terrica. And what I mean by that is Terika obviously was flirty or she's blushing when she was around Maine. That's understandable. She's a child. But then why did you show like she's walking away? Why y'all showing Terika walking away kind of like Maine is looking at Ter- like Terika as she's walking? What What was that? What was it? So, <clears throat> sorry, I wonder, is, is P, what is P-Valley trying to do there? Like, I just, P-Valley tackles a lot of topics. I don't need them tackling pedophilia. Like, I don't, I don't need it, and I don't want it. And I'm not saying that that's, I want to make it very clear. I'm not saying that P-Valley was trying to give the impression that Maine was looking at Terika in a certain way. However, I don't understand the oversight if P-Valley did not recognize or have any awareness as about how that interaction, how that was shot, how it could lead viewers to think that Maine is lusting for Terrica. There's like a gray area there. Fine, have Terrica blush and walk away, have her blush, walk away, put the camera on Mercedes, don't have the camera showing Terika walking away. I'm confused, and I hope that the whole possible Maine and Terika thing 
I hope it ended in that episode. I don't need to see whatever could like possibly happen and be dysfunctional and gross and nasty. I don't need to see it. You know, P-Valley fans, they really, really do the most. And it's funny to me. People are like, Maine is going to go for Terica to get back at Mercedes. And, you know, let me put it this way. That would make me want to be done with the show. First and foremost, I think that is completely ridiculous. And P-Valley fans always do the most. P-Valley fans are so creative. It is disgusting. But... I don't know. I don't know how, I don't know if I could support the show if they're really going to go down that that road. I don't know. But, um, no, I, I don't think Maine is going to fucking try to mess with, uh, Terica for what? Looking like Maine, please. Anyways. <laughs> so moving right along. Um, my other issues with P-Valley is that I feel that the beginning episodes, especially, I think it was one and two, possibly one through three, but especially one and two, they were dark and there's nothing wrong with P-Valley being darker and, and them trying to, you know, introduce us to what Diamond was doing with Mercedes, the root work and all that. I don't mind the history lesson. I don't. But overall, P-Valley has strayed very heavily from what it was in season one season one was very heavy on a show giving us a lot of footage in the pink and that's why i tuned in and that's why a lot of people tuned in it was like okay let me sit down i know i'm gonna be really entertained i want to be entertained i don't want to be like reminded of montavious i don't want to be thinking about all these dark things and um you know, uncomfortable subjects like the root work there, you know, Diamond did that with no explanation. It, the writers had to explain it. Like you got it. You had to Google it and shit. Like stick to what works because so many shows, um, it's very, very common. You're, you're locked in, you're invested. You like it for one reason and it becomes something else. The biggest example of this to me is a Shonda Rhimes series. So whenever I hear that Shonda Rhimes is coming out with a show, I am excited. I watch the first season knowing full well that it's going to go south after that. So shows are just very, very um, fickle and inconsistent. A lot of them, and they don't have to be because a lot of shows kind of stick to what works. And I feel that P-Valley needs to return to more of the entertainment than the dark shit, the heavy shit, um, the disturbing ass stuff that they did. Although, um, obviously when Whisper and Roulette were with Terrence in the hotel room, like, I am so thankful for that scene. I'll never forget it. It was fucking incredible. It was amazing. They could do shit like that, but don't go too far, um, away from what we're used to. And if you do the backstories, that's great. I love it, but make the backstories really entertaining and then make like the flashbacks. I felt like make them short. I kind of feel like some of these flashbacks, um, like with Clifford and her mom, I just felt like, you know, could have been shorter. Um, so those are the main issues that I have that I could think of right now. So, um, I also want to talk about, 
um, Alarica, like I said, I don't know how to say her name. I want to talk about her leaving the series. So, um, in her interview with Entertainment Weekly, she said that she, you know, spoke to Katori about it. I do not know when Alarica told Katori that she was going to leave the show. Clearly, she had to let her know before the 10th episode, right? Um, before the finale. So, I do not understand why Autumn is pregnant with twins and then she's off of the show. I don't understand that. Um, maybe, I mean, it sounds like Alarica is done, done, <laughs> you know, but maybe they, they have that as like, she could come in with the twins at some time surprise Andre I just don't understand as a fan of the show I don't understand why you made the bitch pregnant with twins if we ain't ever gonna see her again I don't get that um it doesn't <laughs> I want to copy I want to copy this one girl who, who <laughs> recaps me badly and I want to say it doesn't sit right in my spirit but um I'm not gonna be that much of a hack but I just I don't understand why she, why the bitch is pregnant and she, she left. Like, make it make sense. So, moving right along, let's pick up uh, on episode 10. Goodness, and I'm looking at my clock and I'm like, wow, it looks like your your girl is um doing longer episodes. Because <laughs> I'm like, I'm approaching 18 minutes. I, and I, personally, I like a long podcast episode because I like to listen to them when I'm driving and shit. Um, and it's just really my preference. So I don't know. Maybe taking a few weeks off, it makes me flap my gums more. Um, so anyways, episode 10 picks up with... Um, it shows Brittany and Andre. They are arguing. Obviously, they are fighting because Brittany discovers that Andre is having an affair with Haley and Haley is just right in the middle of this married couple with lipstick smeared on her upper lip. I don't know why V Valley did that, but I like it. It makes her look like more of a clown. I don't mind it. Um, so Haley is watching on, um, Andre and Brittany argue and she has no shame she just seems happy. She seems so happy about it. So comfortable. Um, and then Brittany calls Haley a light bright and Haley gets upset and Brittany threatens to rip her lace front, you know, and watching this, I actually met a girl years ago who is, she's kind of like Haley's complexion, but her, um, features are more ethnic. You know, Haley has thick lips, but outside of that, she looks pretty white. And so this girl was telling me in college, men would tell her, I'm not fucking with you because you're mixed, because you're too light. I said, wait, what? And so it's like, I was like, wait, wait, hold up, hold up, hold up. What? Like, what'd you say? And I was like, wait, I was very confused. And so it's like, after meeting her, I do understand that, you know, um, mixed people can be out of the running with some people sometimes. And you wouldn't assume that for being light. And there are ways to insult them, obviously, like 
To me, light bright just sounds funny. It doesn't sound like an insult, but, you know, Haley knows how light she is and she always seems to get upset when it's somebody says something. Again, I can't feel bad for a light-skinned person, um, but, but, um... Haley got upset when she called her a light bright and it's like Haley you shouldn't even be in the room you were fucking her man you are so lucky that Britney has class because the way I would have clocked you oh my god I can't like it's like and and yeah let me say this in a way the writers have failed us with this because of Britney should have knocked Haley's teeth out and maybe Maybe Britney thought Haley wasn't worth it, but something should have gone down. Like, light bright is all you got to say to me? No, 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 no. Or say, like, if you are fucking my man, like, I'm not calling you a light bright. Like, I'm calling you out your name, and I, if I am not throwing hands, like, Haley got off easy, and it's like, she already wasn't likable but then you see how she's standing there gloating all excited that they're having an argument i was like this is i can't i cannot with autumn look at me calling her Haley, whatever her name is um so then andre tells Haley to get the fuck out in a nicer way and andre tells Brittany that she wouldn't have married him had she known um about his father being in jail for um murder and he tells her that he's in love with someone else and that you know she could be with the doctor or whatever and this is why i can't fuck with andre and this is exactly why i stopped calling him i dropped the last name that i was using for him because it was an insult okay to the real obama but andre's bitch ass lied to britney and he's blaming britney for the lie and I can't get on board with that. You're not going to do that to me. You're just not. I can't stand that this, he has made cheating on his wife, his wife's fault. And he has made the dissolution of their marriage, his wife's fault. His wife never said, lie to me about your dad. That was his choice, his decision and he has to live with the consequences of it, but yet it's her fault. I can't. I can't with Andre. This is all part of why people don't like Andre and Autumn. That right there. I, you're not doing that. You're not doing that to me. Hold yourself accountable for your own fucking lie. That's not my fault. And if you felt like you had to lie to be with me, be with someone else. And let me be with somebody who's not going to lie to my face. I can't with Andre. I can't do it. So then um, we get to the pank and little Murda takes out his grill, looks at himself in the mirror, loved it. It was great. He goes on stage and he performs seven pounds of pressure. And it is one of the best songs out of the series. And one of the ways that I have failed in my recaps um, for season two is I haven't been discussing the music enough, which is a huge part of this show. And I will say I always tune in for the music, um, or that's one of the reasons. And I, I've listened to Seven Pounds of Pressure on Spotify last year, very early, or season one, sorry. 
very early on in the season, I was going to Spotify and I was listening to the soundtrack and I really have slacked off on that with season two, but I encourage everyone get those streams in. these artists deserve it. Um, enjoyed it. So then of course we see that Mercedes hops out on stage just to be sexy as hell. <laughs> like I am full on lesbian for Mercedes. I am Farah. Okay. And so Mercedes comes out and we see that Mercedes, the dance that Mercedes does, even pounding on her chest at the top of the pole while she's on the pole, the whole thing, honestly, I, it was worth it for Mercedes to be busting her ass, just trying to do a split, just trying to get herself up on the pole in previous episodes, because look at what we got as a result, like it was worth it. And then we have Mercedes on the pole, propping her, propelling herself off of the pole, jumping over little Murda, who, hello, he's tall as fuck, or he's tall, jumping over little Murda into a split so she could hop up and down like she would if she was riding a dick. Okay, maybe I'm disgusting. I don't know, but it was like, I said yes. I mean, honestly, that scene is why I have to support this show. Because I have not been in strip clubs like this. I've not been seeing any type of entertainment like that. When I've been to strip club, they ain't, do it. They ain't giving me the Mercedes experience. And that's what I want from now on. <laughs> if I don't been to strip club, give me that Mercedes experience. And Mercedes, yes, you a legend. Um, little Murda reminded you that you a legend. You got your confidence back and you showed out. And honestly bitch I don't want this girl to retire I don't want it I don't need it so hopefully Uncle Clifford can get the bitch on the pulse for the pole from time to time because you can't give us that and then say you're walking away oh my god it was so good and so we have Maine in the audience who like what's the right phrase he like hissed his teeth or whatever the fuck and he's looking at murder crazy and i'm like i can't i can't this is my issue as i mentioned earlier we have been through enough right globally we have been through enough do y'all really gotta take a man that we look at as sexual chocolate every time he's in like gracing our fucking pupils you gotta take him and make him a piece of shit you gotta make take him and make him an asshole so i guess i will kind of continue with what i gotta say about maine and what i gotta say about maine is this is where p valley almost loses me some people have said maine is too old for this shit and i agree it's unrealistic for Maine to be mad at Murda over Pico, who, when he known Pico, Maine has rolled with Pico for all of two months. 
all of a few months and now you think murder gotta go when you didn't even know who pico was when you and pico was in rival gangs up until a few months ago now you want to be loyal to your former your former rival and you ain't got much you you're not trying to stay out of jail you're really trying to go back and you're you're there being petty and like I don't agree with this storyline at all. You could have the tension between the two rival gangs without taking Maine, someone that we look at and we're like, okay, I want to fuck, right? Let us have that fantasy. You could have the rival gangs. You could have all of that drama between Murda and Maine's gang while keeping Murda, or sorry, but while keeping Maine the fuck out of it. And I just don't know why Maine is trying to go so hard for, for Pico de Gallo that he just met. That's not, that doesn't feel true to life to me at all. At all. Like, Maine just would be like, okay, I'm Like, he wouldn't be that invested and that worked up about it. If, like, I don't like it. I don't. And that's why P-Valley, I said it before, I'll say it again. Y'all should make me a consultant on this show. All you gotta do is allow me to have sex with Diamond. <laughs> I can't even say and Maine anymore because Maine has is just he's he's dried me out. I can't even <sighs> Okay. Alright. So then um we see that Uncle Clifford is saying she didn't drink the water and we find out what that means. Okay, Ernestine pulled through. I love the teaser of the phone call coming in. And then we see Uncle Clifford crying. I love that teaser. I don't mind it at all. Making it look like Ernestine is gone. And Ernestine pulled through. Uh, and I thought that P-Valley definitely remained true to life too. With the reality that the hospitals were overwhelmed. They was not about to blow you up. Just to tell you that your family member is still alive today. Like... They really were going to contact you for bad news and not good news. So then um, we see that Patrice Woodbine is now Bishop Mayor Woodbine or whatever, Mayor Bishop, whatever. And I would have voted for her. Everybody that I saw do a recap said they would have voted for her. I'm glad that she won because I felt that that is what would have happened. Um... The reveal was so perfect, so well shot. It was great with everybody, you know, around her praying. I'm happy for I'm happy for Patrick Patrice Woodbine. I do think this is the role for her. I do see her as a leader. I see her as someone who's no nonsense, no not about the bullshit. I do think she could really turn Chuck Elisa around. As I said before, I think she's great for this. Um and so then we see that Farah sends Sadie's $30,000. It was because without Mercedes, there would be no Mercedes experience. And so she says that it's royalties and so that she'll keep paying Mercedes. And, you know, it's like, that's nice. That's really nice of um, Farah because, as you know, Mercedes just shut the bitch down when she was like, oh, can we fuck again? And Mercedes goes, uh-uh, that was business. And she still sends her, her her money and some posters. And so I respect her for that. So then Mercedes sets up her gym with her pictures on the wall. She has a stripper pull up. So Mercedes has shifted from trying to have a dance school 
um, with her dance team, her daughter's dance team, to teaching stripping. And this is really smart because Mercedes, as we've seen her arc of going from uh, dealing with a mom who's calling her a hoe and who's um, has so many negative negative things to say about what her daughter does for work. We've seen her go from just sh like being shamed to then having coach um, or sorry, having Ferris say, oh, I just oh, opened up to a stripper or whatever. Like Mercedes has always hated that label of being a stripper. And now she realizes that she's a bad bitch and that she should really be utilizing her talent and she shouldn't be putting it to waste. And there's more than one ways, way for her to use her talent. She don't got to be stripping in the pink. She could be teaching other women how to, to strip. Considering how there was Mercedes Sundays at the pink and she shut it down every single Sunday. Like everybody drove in for that shit. She is going to have her clientele. She is not going to be struggling because why wouldn't you want to learn from the best? Um, so then we see that um, women are lined up outside of Andre's home. They all are bringing him food. Everybody says it's disrespectful. Apparently it's a Southern tradition. Um, people are saying it's disrespectful because Brittany's there. Um, you know, I like to eat. So I can say right now, if people are doing that with my man, I would be happy about it. <laughs> like, it's like, go ahead and disrespect me if it means I'm going to eat some good food. Like, I'm fine with that. So then Haley gives Andre some cigars and it's like, y'all are already fucking like, you don't got to show up here and give him the cigars. You could do that later next time that you guys fuck. So then um, Haley calls Georgie and she finds out that Georgie don't need the pink no more. And Georgie tells her, bye, bitch. And Georgie's like, I was waiting for your phone call. And Georgie is all excited about it. And um, and it was, a, it was a fun scene because we saw, like, at first I was kind of respecting Haley, you know, for holding out for 10 million. But Haley sat there and called her, you know what? I don't want 10 million. I want 15. And Haley, you just, you doing the most. They don't need you no more. You waited too long. Um, also, which I forgot to say earlier in my episode, um, is that, well, no, 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 no. Well, I'm not going to be weird. I already mentioned it. I didn't really, I forgot to kind of give my thoughts on Alarica leaving the show. First and foremost, I had a problem with Alarica in this role because the bitch had a southern accent about 40 to 50 percent of the time that she was in character i am from the states i am from california i will i am not an actress but if i were i would not be trying to play a british person i would not be trying to play a russian a german an african a jamaican uh, anything where my accent is not going to be correct 100% of the time because it is not my natural tongue and I am not that skilled. And some people, obviously, they nail it. We already know that. There's countless British people who fucking have taken over our God, who have MFing taken over Hollywood. But they nail the accent. And Alarica struggled. And that was very distracting and frustrating for me as an American viewer who knows 
there are so many American accents or sorry, actresses who would have been able to pull off a Southern accent because first and foremost, they'd be from the South or they'd be from the States, right? So in the States, we could pull off a Southern accent because why wouldn't we? So we could either be from the South or not from the South or we could even be from the UK, but you need to keep the accent. So I was annoyed. It was very jarring to me um, that Alarica was not good at holding her accent. And at the same time, though, I do feel that she was bullied, which I mentioned in my previous episode. I was not able to ever read Black Twitter about P-Valley or listen to recaps or watch recaps with people without the host saying how they want Erica, or sorry, how they want Autumn to be killed, how they don't like Autumn, how Autumn is boring, how they fast forward past their scenes, how they don't give a shit about anything about Andre and and, um, Autumn, how they don't like it, how they're not going to talk about Andre and Autumn, like the universal unanimous hatred towards her character. I feel that that's a lot to take in when you're new to this, you know, show that is such a big hit. And in Alarica's um, Instagram post, she put, she goes, thanks for all the love and hate. And the fact that she mentioned hate means that she didn't like it or else she wouldn't have mentioned that shit. Like I just, <laughs> to me, the, the sarcasm came through real strong in that. And so I think she just kind of wants to do something where every week people aren't saying they want her killed and that she sucks. Um, so, I mean, me personally, like, I feel that there's more that could have been done with Haley, but as I said, like, just keep her shit to a bare minimum. You know what I'm saying? Simply because I don't want to hear her going in and out of a Southern accent. Um, so anyways, that was my two cents that I didn't mention earlier. And, you know, part of me wants to cut this section out and, and, um, added to earlier audio in this episode but you know me we stay ghetto here and we don't do no editing bullshit up in this bitch in this casino i love how they said casino that we ain't we ghetto here just like nini leaks talks about woo child of ghetto we we in the ghetto in this podcast so um we see that corbin is gonna build the casino on his own land by funneling water behind his house i love it I love that there are ways to get around these rules. I love that P-Valley is here educating me of that, just reminding me that they do shit different in the South. <laughs> like, the South is its own little world. Because the way how they operate, like, just bring water over and then it's water, water is water. Like, I thought it had to literally be on a motherfucking, like, lake and shit. And, but as you see, Corbin's house is close to the water anyway, so. It all worked out. <laughs> We see Grandmother Ernestine. She wants herself a party. We see a flashback with Uncle Clifford's mom. And it seems that Uncle Clifford's mom uh, died of HIV. It was, oh my God. Like her hair and her clothes. Loved it. It was 90s all day. I love that we found out what happened with um, Uncle Clifford's mom. I do think it was really important for us to find out. Because it explains why Uncle Clifford does not waver when it comes to condoms. You saw the fear in her face when she asked Murda. She's like, but are you good? Are you negative? Well, Murda said that 
um, he didn't want a condom on. So now we see why, you know, HIV took her mother out and, um, you know, moving right along. Um, Clifford says that all she needs is her grandmother, which is ridiculous because her grandmother's not going to be around forever. And then Mississippi, she is dressed up like Little Red Riding Hood because she really feels like her fair. She about to have her fair, her um, her happily ever after. She meets up with Murda to say goodbye. He gives her fifteen rags, uh, the money that she made from their tour. And then Patrice tells Mercedes that Michelle is in rehab and that she could have Terica, even though Michelle wanted Patrice to keep Terica. And it's like Michelle, like she's so bitter and salty and it's sad she should find her own joy because the, that's the only reason why she want the only reason why she want patrice to take terica is to spite mercedes um and it's pretty pathetic she needs to get her life together like that whole like her her husband is gone like it's time for her to move on and find some happiness so mercedes is um sorry i already said that so then Haley is upset that Uncle Clifford made a deal with Corbin behind her back. And Uncle Clifford reminds Haley that she would be dead without their hope. Um, and so we see that scene. It was a long scene. It was perfect. Alarica came through with the acting on it, as did, uh, you know, Nico, who plays Uncle Clifford. And then Uncle Clifford just is very, very cold and tells Haley, um, you know, explains to Haley that the bank is more than just property. And she tells Haley that she got to leave through the door of the window. And, you know, you got Big L with a shovel. You got Diamond with a chainsaw. Like, they was so dramatic. How hurtful and embarrassing. Like, I had secondhand embarrassment. It was a lot. Um, you know, Haley does only see things through you know she just looks at everything through dollar signs i understood that she just didn't care about the pink and i understood why uncle clifford was upset about it um but yeah it was it was what it was what Haley deserved uncle clifford i thought that uncle clifford was getting um excited about the five million dollar offer but i think Haley telling uncle clifford about the five million let uncle clifford know that she has got to put together a plan ASAP because Haley will not stop until the club is sold. And I'm, I love that uncle Clifford figured that shit out. We see that Andre visits his dad. We don't see what their interaction was. I love that. It leaves a lot of possibilities for future seasons. So then he, goes to her sister, Alicia's house to pick up her kids. You know, we all assume that Alicia had her own place when she mentioned that she was going to leave the kids with her. So then the stepmother opens up the front door, lets Keyshawn know that she called Derek and that Derek didn't know that Keyshawn had all these errands. So it's very obvious that the stepmother is desperately trying to ruin Keyshawn's life. And she, because Keyshawn represents what she didn't have, right? Keyshawn is married to a white man and this woman is obsessed with light skin and um, biracial children and white features. She's obsessed with it. So she doesn't like that Keyshawn got a white man. 
She also doesn't like that clearly Keyshawn ain't happy and Keyshawn is about to find her happiness. No, 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 no. She's not going to let that happen. She's going to make sure that Keyshawn is miserable because she's miserable. And so, you know, we see that Derek, go, or sorry, that Keyshawn goes to her house. And when the social worker tells Keyshawn or says Mrs., I think the name was Harris, and Derek goes, it's just Miss. We already know, I'm sorry, but if you thought that Keyshawn was in danger before, let me tell you something. I am not ready. I'm not ready for any more domestic violence between Keyshawn and Derek because now Derek is a whole new man. Now Derek knows that Keyshawn was finna leave and set everything up to leave. Um... And he lets the social worker know that that ain't his wife. The bitch ain't his wife. What? Do you, and Keyshawn? Okay, I'm skipping ahead. I was going to say she attacks him, but I'm skipping ahead. So Keyshawn is told that she's now under investigation for domestic violence. And Keyshawn, and then we see that Derek is smiling the whole time. She screams, runs to Derek, starts beating on Derek, the same man who always beats on her and pummels her. All of a sudden, Derek gets in the fetal position. He don't want to, you know, hit her because these people is in his house. But if they weren't in his house, like, Keyshawn would have already been on the floor after just one strike if she even got that in. And so she loses it. She hits the cop like Keyshawn because they tell her she has to have a weekly check-in for six months. How are these kids supposed to survive with Derek? These kids. And six months? How is she supposed to be dealing with a furious Derek who knows she was trying to leave? How is she supposed to deal with that for six months? I'm lost. How is Keyshawn supposed to remain safe when she's supposed to be at her crib for six months with her abuser who is now very upset because he knows she was trying to leave. And that's why I didn't believe the man got no motherfucking job. Like I said before, I questioned if Derek had a job. And I questioned how the fuck Derek could leave the job in the middle of the day to go pick up his kids. I don't... It could have been a whole plan of Derek's to see what the fuck Keyshawn was really doing. Um, so then we see that Mer Maine is upset with Mercedes for dancing with Lil Murda. Um... I think I'm skipping ahead. Sorry. This is how I put my notes. We see that he's upset with her. And again, like, guess what, Mercedes? Find find you a new coach. Okay. Or a Farah. Don't fuck with Maine. Like, Maine, he don't deserve no pussy. He coming at you real stupid, real. Like, I just, it's not attractive. It's not attractive that you are that invested in your gang shit instead of fucking me like he should be trying to just fuck mercedes and not talk about who she was on stage with like just what are you doing Maine? what are you doing so it's like Maine is like willing to not want to fuck mercedes because she danced with murda and it don't make sense to me i don't like it none of it i hope that they clear this shit up in season three i, I don't like it nothing about this main storyline is hitting None of it is, is, it, it, it don't make sense to me. It just don't. Um, so then Mercedes tells Clifford 
that she gave her last dance. <laughs> and I apologize, y'all, if I'm out of sequence. I don't know if I am or not. I, I re, like, skimmed through it. And, you know, I don't think I'm out of sequence. I really don't, but forgive me if I am. So then we have the trans stripper who wants roulette to whore her out. And why is, like... Why are the women at the pank so eager to sell pussy now that roulette is on the scene? I, I'm lost because I feel like if you at the pank and if you have access to all these customers, all this client, potential clientele, wouldn't you have already set some shit up on your own? I, I don't understand this eagerness to sell pussy. I don't get it. And I really wonder, like, was this roulette side hustle before the pank? Because how is she so good at pimping? How? Like, just immediately overnight, she already, you know, like, she's she has a whorehouse? I don't... Okay. I mean, I guess I do believe that some people really do know how to rise to the occasion like that. They know how to see an opportunity and run with it. But I just can't believe the pace of like roulette got on the pole. Next thing you know, she got whore. She's she's just a fucking pimp. I'm confused. And I'm confused about why the fuck everybody wants to just sell they pussy. Like, I don't know. Um, so then murder says that he's going on tour or he isn't going on tour he wants his own tour murder tells clifford about what happened with big teak he wants to um be out and proud with uncle clifford because he doesn't know if the whole like dl life is what you know drove teak to kill himself um and then murder and clifford they make out in front of everyone at ernestine's party i love that some people in the crowd were disgusted because that is realistic like if everybody was just happy and smiling and cheering that would not be real life at all so full stop um i don't like that murder isn't going on tour and assuming that or, or talking about how he wants a tour of his own this is tina snow this is a once in a lifetime opportunity you is from chuckalisa you're not going to be touring with an artist as big as Tina Snow ever again. It's just not going to happen. So if you really do love Uncle Clifford and if y'all are meant to be, y'all, you could go on tour and you could still be together. You could be on together during the tour. There's this thing called, you know, phone sex, um, FaceTime sex. <laughs> And y'all can get back together when the tour ends. It's not an either or situation. It don't have to be this way. This is a huge opportunity. Don't you want to get up out this bitch? Didn't you write a song about when you get up out this bitch and why are you trying to stay? Uh, and it's really immature to me. Like I would be turned off. I don't want a man who's not going to go on tour. I want him to go and get that bread and then come back and spend it on me. So I don't, I understand Lil Murda's in love. I understand Lil Murda's still dealing with the trauma of Big Teak. I just find it very unfortunate that Lil Murda is not going on tour and that Lil Murda wants to just be out at the same time. Lil Murda, figure it out. I hope you really thought about what the repercussions of your actions might be. And so um, Big L tells Clifford that Autumn stole $40,000. From their account, they are now overdrawn, 42000 
They're now overdrawn by 24,000. So somebody was saying like, how was she able to overdraw? And that is possible sometimes. For example, um, I was told that rental car from a rental car company one time that rental cars, they know how to override whatever the fuck is on your um, credit card and take out whatever they need to take out. So it's like, it can't happen. It definitely can happen. Some um, companies know how to make it happen. So then we see that Diamond, um, sorry, and nowhere in my notes did I put this, which is weird. Um, Mississippi, Keyshawn called Diamond from jail and asks him to take care of it, which, you know, is obviously obviously a smoking gun, but she's, whatever. What else is she supposed to do? When she feels like, look at who she married to, right? So then Diamond, I love it. Like, oh my God. Like, he don't he don't ask no questions. He just happily gets all his murder tools together. <laughs> and then he is attacked by Big Booty Ninja, Big Bone, and her other gang member. And Big Bone says that to the guy with the effed up eye that, He's the one who killed the chief, you know, a.k.a. Montavious. Um, and so, like, Big Bone, I understand that you in a gang, right? But you was getting some good dicking down, okay? Diamond was out there going down and dicking you down, and you see him kiss someone else, and so you want him dead. I mean, I know that there are bitches out here like this, um, but really, bitch? Really? I mean, it's just, again, there are women out there like this, but get it together. Get, like, you see him kiss someone else and so he must die? Like, <sighs> is Big Bone gonna face any consequences? Because she is whack, she's trash, I like she like hello i recapped or i did a reenactment and when she met um diamond because she was so full of shit i've been riding since i was and it was like this is not the bitch you want to fuck she don't even know how to flirt right and now look look at where i got you so um diamond is in the trunk and having war flashbacks and that's really important because it shows that he's gonna go into fight or flight mode He's going to find a way to save himself. And I saw on another um, fucking another recap, somebody was saying that Whisper is going to let them know where Diamond is. I love that. I love that. I mean, Whisper, she just seems to kind of sense like if something's going to be good or bad, you know, and obviously Autumn's twins, but I don't know if her abilities would allow her to sense where Diamond is, but I'm down. I don't see no problem with that. And then lastly, just hit me right now. I forgot to comment. It was another blogger, Dom, Dom Corleone, who said that um, where the fuck was Whisper and Roulette? Roulette especially. Where was Risp was Roulette who kept saying, Mercedes is old. She has gray pussy hair. She should wrap it up. Where was Roulette when Mercedes did all them tricks on and off the pole with Murda? Where was Roulette? 
You know, because if I was Mercedes, I would get up in Roulette's face and say, look, bitch, I want to see you do what the fuck I did on that pole. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm sorry. I feel like I'm getting too worked up, but Roulette, bitch, you was there making fun of Mercedes the whole time. Go do what Mercedes did, bitch. Go do it. And like, just try. That's all I'm asking. Um, so anyway, <laughs> I guess that is all I gotta say. I feel like, um, hopefully I didn't forget nothing. I feel like I didn't, um, if some people have said it and it's true, a lot of storylines definitely got wrapped up and in this finale. And that's part of why I feel like I, I'm telling myself that I am at peace with whatever happens, which is a lie. You know I want more B-Valley. But, um, you know, it's just odd to me that, like, P-Valley, they're there still updating their shit on social media. Give us the motherfucking renewal announcement. Like, why is y'all just putting in work to keep us invested? Then just let us know that there's more to come. I don't know what's going on. Obviously, I do not know what's going on. Something I also want to say is clearly my predictions did not hit. Okay. The only prediction I was right about, it feels like the only prediction I was right about was when I said that um, Big T gets shot. So, with that in mind, I do see myself easing up off the predictions. Because that is a very dangerous game, right? It's like you can either be right or, or very wrong. And it's like, it's not fun. It's not fun when you're very wrong. Anyways, love y'all so much. Um, I will be doing my Beyonce Renaissance episode. And um, as you know, you're subscribed. You should be. That's how you'll know whenever there's new episodes, which I will be doing. Plan on no idea how frequently, but I will do them when I feel compelled to say something. And um, you'll hear from me soon next week with Beyonce and you'll hear from me as these episodes keep coming out another reminder I could always use five stars on Apple because um it helps so do y'all thing click on five stars it could be your good deed and I hope you've been having a great summer all right talk to you later